Hello and welcome back to the Middling Along podcast. I'm your host, Emma Thomas, and today's guest is Paula Rastrick, creator of the Brain Body Method, an integrated trauma-informed approach to menopause for highly sensitive women. Welcome to the podcast, Paula. Hello, thank you for having me. So you have had a fairly sort of convoluted journey to get to the work that you're doing now. So before we talk about that, can you sort of unpack a bit of that for us? You actually started working in human resources originally before your first sort of big pivot. So originally, I've had quite a diverse kind of portfolio of um, career. I started off, you know, in the old days, shall we call, um, in human resources in London I've always been somebody that's been interested in personal development and people and that role was really sort of pivotal to me in in terms of business and then I then met my husband I was living in London and uh, he was living in Birmingham and so um, we sort of got together and so I left London um, and I got pregnant and um, I had my little boy our little boy and Shortly after that, um, I suffered from quite severe postnatal depression. Hmm. So I, at the time, didn't understand any of the links to what I now know. But I decided to take a career break and decided to take some time out, and which I did, and then embarked on... Um, taking more of a yoga journey so I started to get very into yoga so that was kind of then I then I decided to train in yoga and that took me on another kind of um you know personal development um kind of trajectory really um and then I looked at the combination of yoga the body and the mind as 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 we do when you kind of go on that journey and one of the the areas I really kind of excelled at was philosophy so I kind of like academically was, you know, that was the bit I was interested in, not the actual physical side. It was more around the embodiment of yoga. So this area became quite fascinating to me. Um, And then just by coincidence, chance, really, my husband worked in a football club. He worked at um, Aston Villa Football Club and he came home one day and um, he said to me, oh, the, the sports science guy, first team guy, Jim, he's he's talking about yoga. Now, this was way before yoga became mainstream in sport at all. You know, mm. it was just not in. So um, he said, I said, Oh, he said, um, do you fancy a chat with him? And I thought, well, do you know what? Yeah, okay. So anyway, I went into a football club and I, I spoke to this guy and he said, Oh, look, I just can you start with the young lads? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, no problem. Anyway, so it took me on a new career path in sports science. So then Um, in a nutshell that grew and grew and grew and at the time there was only myself and Manchester United Um, there was a lady called Sarah Ramson at Manchester United and she 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 and her were the only women bringing kind of that yoga into um, into sport anyway as that grew I then decided to um, embark on taking a further degree so I did a degree in sport and exercise psychology and then I started implementing pain science and then I start so as I'm going along I'm sort of you know then I'm employed full-time at the club and that that was really interesting obviously a very um challenging environment um as a woman you know Mm. I'm not gonna lie there were no women in sports science when I was in sports science but I started to really hone in on what I'm going to call the kind of brain body connection so a bit ahead of my time in some ways and I think one of the reasons for that was purely because my dad died of motor neurons disease 
Um, and then my granddad died of motor neurons disease. And so we were like, well, there's a hereditary, you know, mm. so I became fascinated with this kind of brain and the body and the communication between the two and then got very heavily involved in pain science and why players were getting injured. And when they got injured, um, why did they get re-injured? You know, it's not just a physical thing. And this was years ago, so it wasn't like, you know, recent. And that kind of then evolved and evolved. So that's kind of where it started, really, into this investigation into the brain and the body and the communication pathways and how we're not just, you know, that we can't separate the physical, uh, the psychology and the biology. You just can't mm. separate it, okay? And again, you know, working through complex pain cases and injuries and performance, this kind of just became my thing, really. Um, and then I got to the point in professional football where I always said, if I, I'm never going to sell my soul. And unfortunately, some things were happening within the football environment that I felt were not ethically right. And I made a stand against that. I have a history of taking mm. taking on causes. And then <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of just who I am as a person, you know? I'm just like, that comes probably from my childhood. So um went through a very lengthy, um, horrible kind of process with the football club and then left and set up a business with my husband. And then that's really when things started to unravel. And it took me to sort of running a business with my husband. And I started to feel not well physically mentally now I've always been a what I'm going to call a high functioning uh stress head really if I'm honest you know I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm highly functioning you know um and I noticed an advert on um Facebook and it said are you drowning and I thought to myself well yes I am and it said if you're 45 this was in 2017 so it said if you're 45 um this could be perimenopause. And what I want people to understand is in 2017, we weren't at the stage that no, we're at now. The, the awareness just, just wasn't no, there at all. Pre, was it? pre any mm. awareness. So pre Davina. <laughs> pre Davina. Long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will have to pre and post Davina on the timeline. Yeah. And it, it, it that that is so true. So um it said, you know, you could be perimenopausal. I'm gonna be completely honest. Mm. I was running a business, my life was unraveling. My marriage was in bits. Um, I was struggling and I was drowning and I was trying to keep my head above water. And I've always done that. So I just thought, you know what, maybe that's the answer. So I went to see a private menopause doctor who lived locally to me, filled in a form, which is like 21 symptoms. I think it's 21. And then sort of sat in front of her and she said, oh, you're perimenopausal. And I and quite frankly, I was like, look, I don't care what I am. I need to survive. I'm running a business and I just need to keep going. That was my attitude, right? So, yeah, no problem. HRT will solve this. I just thought, right, fine. Now, at this time, I didn't realise I was placed on what would be called a high dose. Now, a high dose is, so it was 200, right? So, you know. Hmm. And norm normally you would expect to sort of start low and work up if that wasn't... Um... Dealing with symptoms. Yeah, or, I've had hmm. this contentious point with my many interactions with trying to seek answers. You know, why why start me on such high levels? Why not start me lower? You know? So anyway, I didn't at the time. I just said, fine, fine, fine. So off I went. It's a very long story, but the process was then of one of unraveling mentally. 
So unraveling mentally, but still not recognizing that actually, as my mental health deteriorated, and I'm still trying to keep going, um, I also didn't have my progesterone matched. So I started to bleed and then I started to flood and then I said and so this whole process went on for many months which sounds ridiculous thinking when I you know why didn't you but I just was literally in survival mode and I just thought oh I'll just it will get better it will get better so anyway then my GP called me in because I tried to put in a prescription for my HRT and they called me in and they just basically said to me what are you doing and I was like what do you mean and they were like why are you on all this medication? And I said, well, I thought that was, you know, they said, well, we didn't know about it because the letters had been sent to the wrong doctor and stuff. Anyway, by this point, I was in a bit of a crisis. And I'd ended up leaving my husband. I left my son. I ended up in a very, very bad way. So mentally, I won't go into that part, but mm. mentally. So then I started the process of, having to go through cancer checks and all of this stuff because of the unopposed progesterone. And then they started saying to me, the gynecologist, you know, you're on too much HRT. And I was like, no. And they were like, well, this is ridiculous. And so then this process started. So at the time I just needed to get well. Now then what happened was COVID came along and as COVID came along, it stopped the world, didn't it? So everyone mm. stopped. Remember that first lockdown? It feels like a dream, doesn't it? That it really it happened. Surreal, it? <laughs> it feels surreal, even though I'm trying to recall, you know, recall like what mm. was the timeline. Anyway, so as COVID came along, um, it stopped the world. And with that, I stopped. So I had this opportunity to just stop. So you really like, just sort of stepped out. out of that. Yeah, stepped that, out. That drowning and wa not waving. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that. So... I, my business closed for a start, which then took the pressure off that because I wasn't having to, you know, it was a public facing business and I was, I was struggling. So, and then I started to, they put me on antidepressants to try to take me down off the estrogen because I was unstable. Right. And I still didn't understand this. I just thought I need to be well. So once I went through this process, which took a long time, about a year or so of, of doing that, COVID was still in play, wasn't it? So I was then getting the opportunity to start to think to myself, this doesn't feel right to me. Like, why, why did I end up like this? What's happened to me? So I retracted my medical records and started to look at them. Then, then I was told the estrogen was far too high. So I thought, well, well, you know, but other people might be taking this. Why me? Why me? And then that is what started my investigations over the last few years of piecing together through the research, joining dots to my childhood trauma. I have a very complex trauma background. Then discovering I was highly sensitive. Now, being a highly sensitive person is a genetic trait. Yeah, I was I going, can you get into detail with this? Because I yeah. think it, it, it's probably something that, that people might think they understand, but 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 don't really. So they might be thinking, oh, I'm quite a sensitive person. But That's this is a not, very yeah. specific... This is a science-based, yeah. So I have really, really, really delved deep. That's part of being highly sensitive as well. Your brain is different. So the one thing I will make clear is that highly sensitive if we look at the work of elaine aaron who started the research there is now quite a lot of 
body of research on what is classed as the highly sensitive person. And the highly sensitive person, we're all born with a level of sensitivity, right? But some of us come into the world with different genes that can make us more sensitive. And, and some people argue that sensitive isn't a great word. Some people say it's responsive, right? Mm. So the scientific term for this is sensory processing sensitivity, right? And what it basically means in a nutshell is that you have one in three have more sensitivity. We come into the world with more sensitivity of the brain and nervous system. And it's thought to be really more, if we go along the lines of neurodiversity, which we're seeing more of now, right? So you'll see mm. more people talking about ADHD, but we're not talking about highly sensitive. And I think there's some comorbidities in these diagnoses, okay? One of the common themes that we can share is what's called sensory sensitivity. Okay, so sensory overwhelm, mm. sensory overload, right? So this is where it gets a little bit complex because being a highly sensitive person is not classified as a disorder. It's classified as a personality trait. You come into the world, right? Now, if you come into the world with more sensitivity of your brain and nervous system, you have more depth of processing. You have what's called over arousal, overstimulation. So you are more easily overstimulated, more easily overwhelmed, more easily over aroused. You also have emotional processing that's deeper. So when people say, you know, you're being sensitive, you might be because you are processing emotions on a far deeper level. So my husband and I, for example, are not the same, right? So emotional processing, and, and some people will say that's what you would class as emotional empathy, where you can sense other people's pain or you can so the depth of it can be quite quite overstimulating really so and then you've got sensory sensitivity so that's where your senses are taking in far more from your environment so for example I'm the type of person I didn't know at the time that would be able to read a room so if I went into a room and there was people in there I'd be able to spot the subtle differences between that person's facial expressions and how they're feeling and picking up little subtle differences and patterns that other people wouldn't notice. Now, they think it's probably come from, and I, I agree with this, is a biological trait. It's a, a primitive survival strategy. If you think about how we all come into the world, our brains have evolved. So there would have been a need for the highly sensitive brain because we would have been the one sensing danger, sensing. Mm. And the is there a difference in the in the rates of occurrence in yeah. in men versus women? No. So no? there's okay. no difference between men and women, which is really interesting. Mm. There's differences in the spectrum of sen sensitivity. So the way that the researchers are now classifying it is they've 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 tried to split it into highly sensitive. Um, so you're talking about 
high sensitive being orchids then they've tried to put it into flower names middle <laughs> medium then you've got tulips and then you've got dandelions so they're trying to it's a spectrum but i i really believe because everybody's brain is completely unique anyway i believe we always had this it's always been there it's not something that's just you know i think adhd and all of this neurodiversity's always been part of the human experience mm. because I don't know where we ever got to the point that we were saying, well, this brain is normal because how would you know what brain is yeah. normal versus which one? Because every brain is unique. Does that, that's kind of where I. Hmm. And how does the, to then your kind of your experiences in early childhood or later childhood, yeah. how does that then kind correlate. of moderate or correlate yeah. to? Yeah. So if you come into the world with more, sensitivity okay so we'll just call it sensitivity for, for 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 the sake of this if you then have a childhood environment that is not safe you can imagine that sensitivity because the brain is changing mm, when on you're high young, alert <laughs> you're on high alert so what exactly so hyper vigilance hyper arousal so for me, my example is, I believe I was born sensitive. I was brought into a world that was not safe. I had no attachment bond to my mum. Now, mm. this is really important because attachment and the nervous system and the brain develop from that childhood attachment. So... I'm going to use me as an example. I had no, I never realized that at the time, but your nervous system starts to mirror and co-regulate with your key caregiver. Mm -hmm. So say my mum was not well, right? And she wasn't. And she had, couldn't, she hasn't got the capacity. She hasn't got the container to give me safety as a baby. My nervous system, before I can even think, speak, my nervous system is already adapting to that because that's how the nervous system works. So we're talking now the language of the nervous system. So as I develop and I'm in a chaotic environment, I then go through multiple complex. Um, I'm going to be talking about this more, but sexual abuse, hmm. um, physical abuse, emotional abuse. So that then potentially increases my sensitivity because we know that people with higher levels of sensitivity we take on deeper 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 experiences everything's more deep so your menopause experience and your sensitivity of your brain and your body is potentially so like you've been primed for for kind of yeah. greater depth of everything great you you <laughs> exactly that so a greater depth and the way elaine aaron and the research says is about the acronym does so depth of processing over arousal over stimulation empathy we have mirror neurons we have different brain areas the limbic system is more sensitive that's the fear response right so you've got all of your emotional parts of your brain the insula is different we, we are more sensitive now, I didn't realise any of this. And then trauma rewires the brain. We're talking childhood trauma, right? 
Hmm. Complex PTSD rewires the brain. You know, there's this, <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming from the brain and the nervous system. So say, for example, then, I've had lots and lots of experiences. So when we're growing up, I think we're the generation, I was talking to someone earlier, we're, I'm going to call us the sandwich generation. I think my parents didn't understand any of this. None. Trauma, nothing, okay? Because their parents didn't. We are in this generation, I think, where we're starting to understand more. But we're still at that point where we probably grew up not all of us, but a lot of us grew up with repression. We just repress those emotions. We repress those feelings. We repress it because we, we stuff it down. And what we mm. now know from, from the trauma research is that trauma doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't evaporate. It goes down. In, it's in your nervous system. It's held. There's a bit more science around memories and um implicit memories and stuff but I'll try to keep it simple so any type of trauma hasn't just gone unless it's been metabolized and processed right which is now why we now looking more at the nervous system so we're now understanding more about the nervous system so if I then say to you right well we get to perimenopause and the hormone fluctuations start you've got estrogen receptors and progesterone receptors mm -hmm. i'm going to highlight the progesterone right because they are neuromodulators of the brain and the nervous system and so as they start to fluctuate and progesterone progesterone goes first not estrogen estrogen gets an awful lot of coverage right but progesterone i've been looking at the research on this and it's limited but it's there Progesterone plays a key role as a neuromodulator because one's an excitatory type of hormone and one's an inhibitor. Mm, so it's out of balance. Is, yeah. yeah. So, so, say, so I'll give you my example then. I'm highly sensitive. I'm re already at the point of burnout. I'm at the point of my body is stuffed down. Yeah, as I arrive, then my hormones are fluctuating. So the last thing I needed was high high doses of estrogen because that's put me into over stimulation mm -hmm. i'm already sensitive then i didn't get progesterone so progesterone and estrogen counteract each other and i'm not talking about progestin because again i think there's a little bit of confusion i don't know if that would make sense to you that mm -hmm. we've got progestin and we're not kind of understanding the difference between synthetic progestin and and, and the body's natural progesterone there seems to be so progesterone and estrogen work in the brain along with testosterone okay and i was given testosterone as well with low progesterone and testosterone aromatizes into estrogen so now can you see why it's potentially quite overwhelming for a sensitive brain and nervous system to be started on such high doses of medication and if we look at the research and Elaine Aaron's work, she talks about how the sensitive body and the sensitive brain is very sensitive to medication. So I've joined mm. the dots with that with hormone replacement therapy because titration of doses in the brain is really, really key 
for women who have more sensitive brains and nervous systems. Mm, and I'm not not everyone reacts in the same no, way to the same um, dose or even the same method of exactly. delivery. And titration is really key, right? Because if you think about the neurochemistry in the brain, HRT is psychoactive, okay? It's a psychoactive medication. You know, I, I know that we talk about it being, you know, we're just replacing our hormones. And if you take the, you know, we know the, the kind of body identical, yeah. But if you've been given what's called supraphysiological doses, that's more than what your brain and body would have been producing and de dealing with. Now you're in over load over stimulation and i think what we're missing is actually the nervous system understanding because if i was to liken the nervous system to the engine the engine of the car the nervous system branches off into every single other system within the body and all systems are connected so we need to look at it from how's your brain what's your individual brain how is that reacting, your nervous system? And for those of us that have had trauma, then repressed trauma is going to pop back up, unfortunately, when those hormones fluctuate. And I think that's what's happening. That little gateway, that little bit of vulnerability where those hormones fluctuate. And women that have had a comprehensive or any kind of trauma, it, it's almost like it's coming back up to the surface. And I don't think people are realising that. And we're trying to stuff it back down again. Mm. And that's how now women are saying, but my symptoms aren't getting any better. Or I'm still struggling. Or I'm taking HRT, but I still have anxiety. Or it might not be anxiety. If you've got a centralised nervous system that's more sensitive, it's over arousal. Does that make sense? Mm. So, so how do we approach it then? Yeah. Um, because obviously... Already, we've got a sort of uh, a system, certainly in the UK, where if you're lucky, you get you get 10 minutes and maybe you get your HRT. There's not that kind of, there's no route in to do any kind of complex. It's not trauma informed, work. is it, for a start? So this is mm. one of my missions, okay? So if I, being trauma informed is about people being, is about medical and healthcare understanding that Trauma has a major role in menopause, in my opinion. We've got limited research, but we've got research, right? We've got so much extensive research on adverse childhood experiences and health. So why are we not taking that across to the menopause transition? Mm -hmm. It's almost like in the menopause world, we're only looking at it from one small little lens at the moment. And that's brilliant because we need to raise awareness, but we need to now widen that lens. And the biopsychosocial factors are huge, aren't they? Like, the you know, health is not management of disease. We know that now. We're looking at everyone's mental, physical, your social. I mean, as human mm. beings, we're wired. The nervous system has a system called the social engagement system, which is around when you're connected you're around people that make you feel safe, right? That has a direct relationship to your nervous system. And I think in, in some ways, COVID has almost got something to answer for as well, because I think some people have become more socially inhibited since COVID. I know I have. I know that mm. I'm not the same in terms of 
who I was before. And I now recognize it's my nervous system that I've been attending to. So I've done a lot of work in understanding the science of the nervous system and how the body holds the score. The body bears the burden. And sometimes I think the symptoms of menopause are being one, potentially not looked at from what's called differential diagnosis. Some women, I believe I had complex PTSD. That's what I believe I presented with in 2017. Mm -hmm. But we don't seem to be joining those dots because if I took every single menopause symptom, which is what I've done, and I took 34, the 34 I'm going to go for, because some of them, quite frankly, are, you know, could be multiple other things. Can they come and come on? You know, I mean, who's making the list? I keep saying, is there somebody with a pen and paper that keeps writing down symptoms? Add another one. Add another one. You know, it's like, so if I took 34 of them, which I've done, and I cross-check every single one, which I've done, and I cross-check them with complex PTSD or trauma responses, yeah, I can tick all the boxes. If I cross-check them with nervous system dysregulation, I can tick all the boxes. And if I look at somebody who's more sensitive and somebody who's had trauma and is more sensitive and they're having a more heightened experience, I can start saying, this is your brain and nervous system, how it's interacting. That came first, not your hormones. Mm. Hormones interact with the nervous system, don't they? It's just exacerbating what's already there. Yeah, it's heightening what was already, already part of who you were, who you are. And your story is part of who you are. I mean, you don't arrive at the perimenopause junction with no luggage do you and I don't think we're stopping to look at the luggage I think and look a lot of that is to do with what I was doing right I just need to survive and I need to keep going but I am telling you I'm living proof of that you will not be able to just keep going at some point your body and your nervous system will is telling you Mm. I need attention to stop and yeah (laughs) listen Symptoms are messages from the body, aren't they? That's what symptoms are. And and a lot of the symptoms are crossing over with multiple other things. And so I think we need to widen the lens really now, because if we don't widen the lens and we keep staying on this narrow path of like three hormones, we're not able to serve as many women, in my opinion, because this isn't about HRT. And and I, I take HRT, so... Mm, it's just part of the... The, the bigger picture well, what about women that you know have okay have a diagnosis of breast cancer and then they go through trauma right i don't that's trauma that is trauma yeah it's like it's a health diagnosis like that is trauma to the body right then mm. you have to go through the more trauma of then you have the aftermath of that where your nervous system and your brain has probably become much more sensitive and fearful of the return of that. So your nervous system then starts to become in what, if you're stuck in a heightened stress response, your nervous system is now dysregulated. It's not your mind. It's not your thinking as a direct result of your nervous system state. When we go into depression, so we talk about the mobilization of the nervous system, you'll find that you might go into like I did, the more freeze state, which would be more of a depressed state where you are immobile. You can't, you don't want to move. 
you want to curl up, you want to just stay still, you haven't got any energy. Hmm. So these nervous system states are actually directly correlating with the states of our body and the states of our health and the states of our menopause experience. And I'm going to go so far to say that if we don't look at the body and the brain and the nervous system and the nervous system states, then we're just going to keep putting a patch. Some people are going to keep putting a patch over it. And that patch, <laughs> that patch isn't going to cut it, not in the long mm. term. Now, that's not to say that I'm on HRT, right? So I'm on now a low dose. I'm thinking about coming off it altogether. And that's just my personal thing because I, I just feel I want to test it. I actually want to test because I've been on it, you know, in my experience. I'm like, right, I've come down now. I'm on um, 50. So I might just come down now and see what happens now that I'm in a more regulated nervous system state. What happens? How do I feel? Hmm. So I'm going to do that little experiment because that's something that I'm fascinated with. I'm fascinated with the relationship between the nervous system and the hormones and which one's coming first because it's bi-directional. Do you know uh, anyone who's doing research in, in this, these areas at the moment? So the research on sensory processing sensitivity is, its, is an area of research itself. Hmm. so that's got its own research there's no childhood experiences adverse childhood experiences there's research right on menopause and the severity of menopause symptoms which is kind of all related to what i've just said it's to do with your hpa access to do with your brain to do with the development of your brain and your nervous system when you're very young hmm. not you know and those childhood experiences are pertinent to a lot of women, I think. Because I think we're the generation that almost dismisses it. It's almost like, well, no, I just get on with it, right? Because, like, that's what you did. Put it all in the cupboard. Shut the door. Yeah, but keep shoving. That's what... <laughs> so you got the cupboard, right? I was talking to someone earlier about this. And you get the cupboard and you keep shoving the shit in the cupboard, right? And you keep trying to close the door and trying to close the door. So and you don't want to go in the cupboard anymore. Stuff. No, you don't want to go in the cupboard because <laughs> now it's become so huge, right? That you do not want to tidy that cupboard out because you just know it's going to take, you know? That's what I'm talking about. And it's more complex than just, oh, these hormones. It's 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 just too too complex to be just three hormones and I'm, I'm just a little bit concerned that some of the narrative is too narrow yeah probably too complex even to unpack in one podcast it so is and that's why I'm very conscious <laughs> people's heads will be blown off they'll be like what yeah. so, I'm so trying if they want to find out more they should follow you follow you on instagram and, and where can they find you yeah so if you look up mrs paula rastrick i have created resources that I'm sending out to women to start to... So the highly sensitive test, right? This is research. This is not mm -hmm. my test, okay? This mm -hmm. is all the stuff I've done on myself. So what, if I've done it all, then all I'm doing is imparting the dots that I've joined up, the adverse childhood experiences, all of that research, then collated that, then put it into some more simplified terms. So, you know, understanding the nervous system is where I'm going to go next with my social media through my own experiences. So I spoke to a woman today and we were chatting and very complex. She's on lots of medication and HRT in the mix, anti-anxiety, antidepressants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, 
that's a lot to unpack because that's a lot of medication in your brain and nervous system. And so starting the process of understanding your background and going backwards, which is what I've done, is not an easy, it's not an easy thing to do, but I'm going to start sharing more of the science behind that and I'm going to simplify it so it doesn't become what I've done, which is geeky and it becomes more palatable and more digestible because I think it's really important. It's fascinating. I mean, it really is. And and as I think I said to you off air, I'm, I'm kind of endlessly fascinated by this sort of great spectrum of experiences that, you know, you can have people who seem to sort of go through this almost without a backwards glance. And then at the other end, we've got people who, who find it a completely debilitating experience. So definitely so, so much more research that, that is needed. And again, I just want to put this disclaimer in just because you, you, maybe you have had childhood trauma and you don't have any issues with your menopause symptoms. Let's say that, right? So it's too complex. What I'm trying to say is I think we should be looking at the brain and nervous system as well as just mm. the hormones the in the body. body. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's kind of like in, in simplistic terms. And the more I start to put out there, the more I'm getting women saying to me, this makes sense for me. So if it makes sense for the women that are coming to me and saying it makes sense, then that's helping them make sense. It won't make sense for every single woman because that's impossible, you know? And it, there seems to be confusion about what's classed as PMDD as well. I just want to get that clear. You know, I'm not talking about sensitivity to hormones. Mm. I'm talking about genetic sensitivity that you come into the world as a personality trait called sensory processing sensitivity. And there is so much of it on my website. If you if you want to get in contact with me and understand more, I'll just send you the links and the research that I've done. Great. Thank you, Paula. I'll make sure that we put a link to uh, your your website in the show notes, but it's thebrainbodymethod.com. Um, and you're, yeah, you're, you're also very active on Instagram. So I'll pop a link to your Instagram in there as well. Thank you so much for coming along and talking to us. And, and I yeah, look forward to learning more. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Middling Along podcast. Do remember to subscribe to be notified when the next episode is live. And why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com to sign up to my newsletter as well. I do hope you enjoyed listening today. If you did, I'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed. Hope you can join us next time. Goodbye for now.